And welcome everyone to the Jeanette Byro podcast. I am so thrilled to have you guys here joining in as we dive into the world of expanding consciousness. I am a medium, a channeler, and this podcast is an outlet for me to share messages from the Ascended Masters to light beings to archangels and more. And especially, I love sharing the messages from other people on this planet who are exploring consciousness for themselves and willing to share their experiences so that we can all learn because no experience is the same. So thanks for joining the show. I hope you enjoy it. All right, and welcome everyone to the Jeanette Byro podcast. I'm Jeanette Byro, and I am so excited about this interview. I have been thinking about it all week. Uh, we have Kirsten Parsons Hathcock. Did I yes. say that correctly? Yes, it's yes. a mouthful. <laughs> it is a mouthful. No, it's great. And I get the same because people half the time can't say my name. But um, she is an author of Little Voices, How Kids in Spirit Helped a Reluctant Medium Escape and Heal from Abuse. She is an award-winning self-taught carpenter, furniture designer, and founder of Mod Mom Furniture, a kids' furniture company, which was featured on ABC's Shark Tank. She is also a TEDx speaker and an intuitive medium who works for the National Institute for Law and Justice, helping detectives and families uncover truth in missing persons and homicide cases. In her previous work life, Kirsten was a staff writer for Northern Arizona University and TV marketing executive for A&E TV Network and the History Channel. As an Ohio native, she now resides in Phoenix, Arizona with her husband, Scott, daughters, Natalie and Grace and their pup, Scout. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. I had to lock Scout out so she wouldn't come in and bark while we were talking. Yeah. But no, thank you so much. I've been so excited to chat with you too, honestly. And I just adore the work that you do. And I'm going to dive into everything. I've already watched a few other podcasts. So I'm excited to to keep going. Fantastic. Um, But yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I mean, the fact that you do carpentry, furniture, it's funny. I... I have a little a little history. Some people might laugh, but uh, I did wor- woodwork all through high school, even Love won it. an award one year in grade nine. So I'm definitely wow. not a carpenter like you are, but a uh, family of carpenters. And uh, I really enjoy that process, that art form, that whatever. Yes. And that's so yes. cool that you do that. And although we could talk about that, I really want to focus yeah. on the fact that uh, you are an intuitive medium mm-hmm. and you specialize in an area of mediumship that I absolutely have the hardest time and choose not mm-hmm. to do the work in homicide and missing persons cases. And so the fact that you do that work, I am for one, completely in awe of your skill and ability. And I want to know all about it. And also I think it's so fantastic. You do this work and you're talking about it because this mm-hmm. needs to have a voice, have um, a yeah. place to be heard and a place to access it. Yes. Yeah. So thank you. Thank with that being said, can you kind of take okay. us through a bit of your story as to first of all how you got into mediumship, sure. how it happened and absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's funny as you were reading that bio, I started laughing inside thinking like that just sounds like it's made up. <laughs> like <laughs> so like who chooses that life path, right? And that career yeah. path. But I honestly did not choose mediumship. I was the furthest from 
the spiritual world you can get. Um, I was raised in Ohio uh, by a very grounded family. Both my parents are teachers. My dad's a football coach. So I, you know, that was my upbringing. Um, I believed that there was a higher power, but I did not necessarily go to church because we wanted to just spend that time together as a family, you know, as we were growing up. So that's my background. However, that all changed when I turned 36. So I was actually just living my life. I had two little kids, um, my wonderful husband living in Los Angeles. I was I had started the furniture company because I had left the job with a and the History Channel. And we needed an income, you know, we needed to pay the gas bill. And I just figured, you know what, I think I can do this. Now I understand that that was mm-hmm. actually channeled. Uh, but at the time I thought, well, I'll try making toy boxes. Why not? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm living this life. I'm going to target. I'm spending too much money. You know, I'm just, uh, just a normal, normal life. And then out of the blue, I start seeing things and hearing things. And to be honest with you, I actually thought I had just breathed in too much polyurethane in the garage for probably the first six months. Uh, I was terrified to tell anyone. I was noticing that they were children's voices. So I would be in the garage building furniture and I would hear mom and I, you know, reflectively, right. You just naturally turn, especially, you know, if you're a mom. Mm -hmm. So I looked and I thought, Oh wait, the kids are at school. Who was that? You know, so I started thinking, A, I'm either crazy and they're going to put me away or yeah. there's something to this. And um, so I, it gradually got bigger and bigger. Uh, I started to sort of get hit over the head with it. And it led me to, you know, I, I, I feel like my guides and angels definitely needed to get my attention, but they also tried to go a little bit slow with me. So my first channeling actually happened with people that I knew. Or sort of new. Yeah. So I would read something on Facebook from a, you know, a kind of friend that maybe I knew a long time ago in high school, but does, you know, didn't really know. And I would read that they had lost their son. And then suddenly the son is standing in our kitchen mm-hmm. and we're talking. And, you know, of course I was thinking, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. I don't even know if this is real. How can I reach out to them? There are, they've already been through so much pain. Um, I don't want to be the laughing stock of my, mm-hmm. you know, defiance Ohio. I don't want to bring this to my parents. So I went through all of those emotions that you go through, uh, especially when it just comes out of the blue. You know, I have, mm-hmm. I had no memory at that point of having any kind of interaction with spirit as a child. Uh, so, you know, at 36, I'm hit head on. I start to reach out to different people though. I got the courage to do that. Um, and that uh, boy's parents was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I reached out and they validated everything that I was sharing and said, you couldn't possibly know this, which then led me to have more confidence, which then led me down the path of like, what is this stuff? I'm literally What's Googling, you know, everything, right? I had yeah. never met a medium in my life. I had never even looked into spirituality. I didn't believe in the afterlife. I'm a very uh, scientific, empir- you know, I believe in empirical research, right? So you can imagine this was, this was shocking. Yeah. So I start to notice then that a lot of children uh, who weren't people that I, you know, belonged to people that I knew were coming in and they were coming in out of the blue. I had some connection in some way, but they were coming in and they were sharing that they were sexual abuse survivors. And many of them had been murdered by pedophiles. Wow. And we're talking back, you know, fifties, the sixties, the seventies, it's, it's pretty much spans all of the, you know, all of the time. Um, that's where it got really tricky because what do you do with that? 
And I'm very justice minded. And I'm also very much a DIYer, as you can tell. (laughs) And I thought, I can't just sit on this. I have to do something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And thankfully, spirit led me to the right people. So over the course of the last 10 years, I'm 40. I had to think about this. 48. I think I'll be 49. I I might have that wrong by a year, but I know I'm not 50. I know that. Right. Um, Okay. Over the course of the years, I built relationships with cops and detectives all over the country. And one of them I can share a little bit more about because he's he's very open about our relationship. And and we actually co-founded the National Institute for Law and Justice together just this past year. Um, And he's a retired NYPD detective who also still works on many, many cases all over the world. Um, So I got lucky in that I was able to form those relationships. They trusted me. I was able to help find evidence and, 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 you know, things that I don't talk about publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to reach out to some of the parents and kind of help, you know, help be the telephone line, right? Like you are exactly. for them. Yes. Yeah. So um, that, that is sort of the nutshell of what happened to me, which, uh, you know, is a crazy enough story in itself. But there is a reason they were coming to me, which I didn't understand until about three years into that. So thankfully, by that time, I had had enough um, valid, you know, validation and, and I believed in myself and the cops believed in me. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, all that time, I don't do this for a living. It's just volunteer work. But I um, all that time I'm doing this sort of undercover. Right. I'm not really talking about it. And suddenly I realized that they were actually coming to help me as much as I was helping them because I start seeing myself in scenes, flashes that I had no memory of, Mm -hmm. but I could tell that it was me as a child. And I found out that I had been sexually abused and raped between the ages of three and six by Mm -hmm. a distant uncle. Wow. So I finally was able to, you know, have an answer to the why uh, you know, I, I thought, well, maybe it's because I build kids furniture and maybe it's because I love kids. You know, my mm-hmm. life has sort of been wrapped around my kids and other people's kids. And, um, you know, they always seem to be really open and free with me. Mm-hmm. So that was the reasoning in my mind, why these kids were coming to me, not understanding that, oh my God, I'm actually an abuse survivor too. I just didn't perish the way that they did, mm-hmm. you know, at the hands of a, a predator. Right. Wow. It's interesting how that, how the spiritual journey so often comes from a healing that we move through, Mm -hmm. which allows us then either a frequency or a space of compassion to help others heal. It's yeah. I hear this so often with mediums and healers is that the experiences that bring them to their skills are based on shared experiences, Mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's, so it's interesting to hear that part of your story, but also interesting right. that that was kind of kept dormant for you for Very. so long. Very. But the whole and thing too, right? Like the whole yeah. thing was kept dormant. Yes, very yeah. much so. And I think it's why they had to hit me over the head, you know, so um, it wasn't like I was gradually getting chills. I was actually full on chills, seeing kids walk across the kitchen floor, you know, into a wall, right. And disappear. I, I literally really thought I was going crazy. And, um, and it was only at that point then that I realized, oh my, I have all of this hidden trauma in me, Mm -hmm. you know, so little by little they were, my subconscious was letting go of some of those memories and, and bringing them to the surface, but they were also helping me figure all of that out. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my, my journey and like little voices, my book, it has, it has kind of three acts. So those are the first two acts. And then what is incredible about the tail end of my story is that, you know, my husband and I ended up splitting up. My world went crazy when I finally came to grips, you know, with, oh my God, I'm a sexual abuse survivor. And I didn't realize that that was going to happen. I fell in love with a predator. I didn't know that mm-hmm. he was a predator. Mm-hmm. At the time, um, of course, he was abusive predator. So here I am for three years in a domestic violence situation with an abusive predator. And I have been working on all these cases while I'm with him. Mm-hmm. And it was right in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that, you know, no matter how intuitive I was and, and how much validation I had and how much I trusted myself when I'm working on cases, I was totally ignoring my intuition while I was in the abuse and not understanding the wounded attachment part of why I was attracted to this man in the first place. Mm -hmm. So in the end, you know, the kids ended up coming. I have several of them that are around me all the time. I have children around me a lot, but you know, there are a couple that are my peeps (laughs) and they were slowly giving me clues. Kirsten, this is not what it seems. Mm -hmm. Um, By the third year, when I was getting the restraining order, it was go get it now. Here's what you need to do. You have to make sure the cops call him. You have to make sure, you know, so it was, um, they were, they were guiding me out of it. Mm -hmm. And when I finally got out of it, they said, we've been waiting for you. Wow. Yeah. And my husband and I got back together and he understood, you know, everything like he healed a lot of codependency um, within himself and understood Mm -hmm. what that was all about. Thank God he's intuitive. Mm -hmm. I healed all of the trauma that I had unknowingly, you know, been locked in. Mm -hmm. And so now I finally feel kind of like I'm at that point where I'm like, yay, now I'm finally here. You know, Mm -hmm. now I can really help in a bigger way, which is why uh, when Mark Gucci, who's the detective in New York said, I want, let's do this. I said, absolutely. Let's do this. Wow. What a journey. Hey. And like, yeah, (laughs) how your awakening really took you through so many levels and Mm -hmm. plot twists, but those plot twists would become the trauma points that turn into your growth and your confidence and your knowing. Yeah. Right. And that's so such a hallmark of deep spiritual journeys is when we really recognize that and also move through it. And I love the fact that you and your husband got back together, not because you should, or it's the nice happy ending. It's literally your journeys gave Mm -hmm. you that space to men grow and heal both of you and then come back together in a partnership moving forward with who you are now. Yes, exactly. I mean, and and I couldn't ask for a better partner, a better man. I mean, he's, uh, we've been through it, you know, we've been through it. He has seen me through all of that spiritual stuff. Uh, We were good friends and, you know, obviously there was still deep love there. So I chronicle a lot of that. It's actually one of the most beautiful parts of the book Mm -hmm. is that, you know, while you see the children coming in and out and giving me hope and helping me and I'm working on cases, you also see that there was still so much love there and so much respect. And then you see how we were able to both recognize what was broken mm-hmm. in our marriage. And I don't know. I mean, we talk about the fact that I don't know if we would even be together, you know, had that not happened. Mm-hmm. We yeah. might not have been because yeah. it was so, it, talk about hitting you in the head. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we were, you know, people on the outside, Oh, you guys were the perfect couple. 
on Shark Tank, you know, we'd seem like the perfect couple. And it was right around that time, everything was starting to crack. Right. Yeah. Those universal tower moments that lead us to realign on our purpose, right? So let's talk about your purpose. Let's talk about um, how it is for you when you're dealing with missing persons or homicide, because we kind of touched on it in the beginning. I have had a couple people ask me on three different occasions throughout my, you know, years of this journey mm-hmm. to either tune in to someone they couldn't find someone that was mis- missing or the true story behind a homicide. And yes. that's very, very challenging work for me to do. And I remember yeah. one of them, uh, when the lady was asking me about this missing person, I could already see where the body was. I could mm-hmm. see, you know, the bog, the log behind. And I got so afraid in that mm-hmm. moment. And I was like, mm-hmm. I can't handle this. I can't handle that energy. Right. And so I said to spirit, I, this part of mediumship is not for me. I can't, I don't have the frequency to do that. Yeah. How does that work for you? What is that process like for you? I would love to kind of, you know, okay. journey inside your mind or your heart or your experience with that as much as you're comfortable Thank sharing, you. of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously there's details I can't share, yeah. but I can tell you that, you know, I think because I didn't understand and I didn't remember how intuitive I was. I didn't remember the spirit interactions as a kid. I wasn't looking for any of this. Mm-hmm. For the most part, the children that I talk to have either been murdered, um, they maybe were miscarried, uh, aborted. Um, they had some sort of traumatic, very quick death. It's mm-hmm. very, very specific. And that happened from day one. So I actually, you know, I can, like if my grandfather was here or yours, I can, you know, I can definitely say grandpa just said, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. but that doesn't seem to be what I'm here to do on this earth. So I think some of, some of um, dealing with the pain of it was getting used to figuring out how to compartmentalize. Mm. And so for me in the beginning, and I do talk about this, you know, I would wake up and I would be screaming and crying because not only like I obviously it's channel while I'm awake, but also I'm getting information right while we sleep. Mm-hmm. And I would be a, basically a child that was being buried alive and I'm screaming, I'm not dead yet. I'm not dead yet. Mm-hmm. And so I would wake up and Scott would say, oh my God, are you okay? Okay. And, and I mean, I, there were many, many times through all of this that I've thought this is too hard. I don't know if I can handle this. Um, so I had to kind of come to grips with, okay, you were given this opportunity, do you want to do this? Because mm-hmm. I had a, you know, I had a choice if I wanted to or not. And if you do want to do this, which was ultimately what I felt, how can you manage it? Yeah. So for me, it's really about um I I set a lot of boundaries uh in terms of my time. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm here to live a human life like we all are, and I'm here to be here for my kids, but I'm also here for them. And so I set up boundaries and set up rules with my guides and angels. And so, you know, it's very specific, like only whoever is it's for my highest good and theirs to come to me. will. Mm -hmm. otherwise I was getting inundated every time I would watch a news story. Um, So that would be the first thing I would say is, you know, I had to do that. Um, Talking to grieving parents is never easy. I'm, you know, I'm in tears a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have kids of my own. I'm a human being. How do you, 
you know, how do you do that without having that type of emotion? So I do let the emotion in, but when I'm actually working on a case, let's say um, I have some information and background uh, and I'm trying to locate and I'm getting information. I, it's sort of like putting on a detective's hat, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I have to kind of come at it like I were a doctor or I were, I have to silo myself like, okay, now it's time to just get this done. Let's mm-hmm. figure out what the facts are. And then after that, I can let myself feel the emotion of it and then release yeah. it. Absolutely. And I, I love that you're saying that about boundaries. Cause I think no matter how people practice their connection with spirit, Mm -hmm. Um, we need boundaries because spirit will just come in and they're not coming in to, you know, take advantage of situations, but they're just like, Hey, you're available. Oh, Hey, you're available. Hey, you're available. It's like texting, texting, literally. We have to put our phone down sometimes. It is. So, yeah, yeah, it's that kind of thing. So I love that you're talking about boundaries, um, and compartmentalizing because that, that would make absolute sense. I know in my practice, when I'm bringing some tragic ways people have passed or Mm -hmm. sad news or things like that, it is about stepping back and simply honoring the role as the medium in that moment, not the person per se, the medium, Mm -hmm. here's the information. And then after you can go cry about it and ground and journal and do all the whatever things you do to release that energy. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Another question for you is when you're connecting in on a case, um, like say there was somebody watching this that, you know, has a really unfortunate situation of having a missing child or deceased child without with holes in the story. Mm -hmm. Um, and they connect with you. Do you connect best simply through the name of the person? Do you need a picture? Do you need to hold something of theirs? I don't, I've never had to, I've never been the holder. Okay. <laughs> I've always kind of thought, oh, I should try that, yeah. you know, because um, I see other mediums do that. And I, maybe I should try it. Um, I was just still kind of, you know, rolling with the punches kind of, I'm just going with whatever has come to me. So in that case, a lot of times it's when I'm reading something. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll be when I see a photo, but for the most part, I noticed that for me, it had to do with reading. So um, it doesn't really necessarily have to do with the name because sometimes I'll be given the name. Okay. Uh, I, the way it's worked for me ever since I can remember back in like 2011, I guess when it started is I, they come to me. I, um, I don't seek them out. And as far as like what, if someone is dealing, you know, with a horrible situation, my heart breaks for them. You know, now we do have this nonprofit organization set up in the U S where, um, we're just getting it all set up where they can actually basically put a submission in a case submission, with all the yeah. detail that they want us to know. And then, you know, we're, we're talking about like, we have, um, we're also very much entrenched, especially since we're in the Southwest and, um, in helping find missing and murdered indigenous women and children. Mm-hmm. So we have quite a few folks who are indigenous that are coming onto our team who are also intuitive, but for the most part, it's a mix of boots on the ground, detective work, cadaver dogs, DNA work, all of that mixed with the intuitive side, mixed with the cultural um, reverence and mm-hmm. respect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we, that's, that's kind of what we're doing. So parents can get a hold of me that way. People can get a hold if there's a missing, you know, if they're missing their sister or whatnot, they can go that route. It's called NILJ.org. Um, and they can sign up online right now just for information, because like I said, we're still getting it all set up. 
uh, and it's, it's kind of a, it's a big project, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. getting it set up from that standpoint. Absolutely. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, they just come to me. So some of the children come to me and they say, can you please take these messages and keep them? My parents will be coming to you. Oh, wow. So what was crazy about that is that back, you know, in 2011, I was on Shark Tank. I was keeping everything quiet because it's so much easier to be the woman who was a carpenter and on Shark mm-hmm. Tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and there I'm still getting these types, you know, I was getting these messages. So I'm like, okay, I'll write them down. I've got a whole file cabinet folder full of messages that I just mm-hmm. keep. I couldn't see how the hell were they going to find me Yeah, because I wasn't going to come out with this. You know, I was scared to death. Now there's a book coming out in September through Postal Press, Simon and Schuster. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, we have a nonprofit organization. So now it's making sense. Yeah. That's how they're going to find me. So some of the cases I've worked on, you know, um, those are closed or they're leading to other places where we're finding, and you know, in the case of pedophiles, there's always typically a ring. So there's a lot of connections there. And, uh, uh, but for the most part, there's a lot of kids who've already shared messages that their parents just haven't found me yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of those folks will find me here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So when you connect in with these children and, you know, the messages of the specific details and things mm-hmm. that need to be said or shared, do you find that after that is shared, there is like, um, and again, I don't want to oversimplify it, but do you notice yeah. that with that communication being had, there becomes this level of peace and like an easier, mm-hmm. again, I'm really cautious with my words, but more grace in finding the peace in that or acceptance or calm after? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Honestly, I do. And I know you do, you know, obviously you say you don't, work on a lot of that type of thing, but I know that you also channel quite a bit of hard stuff, you know? So I see, um, I see peace and I see, I see a little bit more just of an understanding of, well, okay, obviously this is not something I ever wanted to happen and bad things do happen. And that is awful. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I, I wish I had this, an idea other than I do believe in soul contracts. I do believe we play roles in our lives to learn and grow. And this is earth school and all that, but I don't, I don't necessarily even know what to tell them sometimes, you know, about Mm -hmm. why this awful, horrible thing happened to their child. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just knowing that, you know, they're still around them has given them, I think a lot of peace and understanding and they can see how their children can are still helping them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, I had a, a, just this past week, one of the, one of the kids that, you know, one of the first kids that came through, his name is Nate came through again. Uh, and I had actually hadn't passed a message to his family in a while. And, but he came through with such specific stuff because his family was having a tough time. And it happened the day of when he had an AVM, which is when his, uh, basically he died of a brain bleed okay. at 13. And he was able to share these messages with them that were so specific, you know, even a specific song that he was making me hear. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying to, you know, his dad, Hey, yeah, this is what he's saying. And he said, Oh my God, I've had that in my head for two weeks. Yeah. So I think every time I talk with them, there's still this piece, you know, there's a little more peace each time I think, and then I know it ebbs and flows, but there's more peace and understanding Mm -hmm. that they're still here with us. And I think that's the biggest piece out of it is um, that 
making that connection in real time yes. to validate that we do carry on and we are still present and they are still present. Mm-hmm. They're just not embodied, but it's this um, idea that the cycle carries on and then we will connect over with them in some at some point also. Right. Right. And right. so that's why yes. I really love the work that you're doing in such a challenging, um, I don't know what the word is, there's uh, not topic, but like the fact that you're dealing with homicides and mm-hmm. um, yeah. missing persons in that area to be able to make those connections in such a way, I think is just so important because I think a lot of that stuff just kind of gets pushed to the side because it's like, well, I don't know. Right. Right. I know. A lot of, like, I know. There's no answers. There's no this. So those that can yeah. connect and make that connection in the spirit world to bring answers or right. find the body or understand more of what happened. I just think it's so impactful. Thank you. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, and I think that I've been frustrated working on cases, you know, that I've thought, why are, why is this so hard to get this one last detail? Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, because it's not time yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we all just, I think that actually taught me a lot because I didn't understand that. I actually, there is a lot of divine timing in some of this mm-hmm. and other things affect what's happening. For instance, this book, I was turned down 44 times wow. by 44 different four, four, four seems to be a number for me. Four, four, four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was turned down 44 times yet spirit kept saying the publishing house has a tree in its logo and it's under a bigger house, under a bigger house. Right. Well, you know, I, it's not, it's not a conventional book. Uh, people didn't know how to sell it or market it. And when, by the end of, I think it took two years to actually sell it in the publishing house ended up having a tree and its logo. It was the last one. No way. Now you're right. So that whole time I'm thinking, I don't get it. I don't get it. I know it's supposed like, they're telling me it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And this is going to help a lot of people like me. Like, I wish I would have had this book when I was going through everything I was going through, mm-hmm. but why isn't it happening? And then we were, you know, we were in the Donald Trump era at that point, right? We were, there was a lot happening. Mm-hmm. So the timing of this book, I think was key too. So mm-hmm. it's interesting, like how my agent didn't pitch them until last, yeah. or last on the, you know, yeah, and I exactly. think that that I have to keep remembering that when I get frustrated that maybe, you know, one of the cases I'm working on still isn't completely finished yet. Yeah. That's a really good point because it is common for people to ask like, you know, if they're telling you this, if they're telling you about mm-hmm. how they passed and all this, why aren't they saying, I know sometimes I get it. They're like, we talked about a sacred word or a secret word yeah, that they would bring right. through, or what is the word or what is this? And sometimes that word doesn't come through, but an explanation of what they did the day before does. Right. And, and so yeah. I find that interesting. You say that too. And it does come down to timing. Sometimes that yes. word will come or that piece will come at the perfect moment when it can pull everything together. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeanette, I mean, I could, I can tell you right now, and I've said this before, if I were to do one of those mediumship tests, you know, like where they study mediums and they get certified or whatever, I would fail miserably because I don't, it just comes in, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not trained that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I simply just sort of receive, write down or reach out and there you go. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like that type of thing that scares the crap out of me. <laughs> like they said they were going to say this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, 
Yeah. I I just am like, Hey, I'm in the telephone line. I can't make them say anything. I can't make them come in as much as I would want to. Mm -hmm. Um, it truly is. They come in when they're supposed to. And I think that's an important thing to be said. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, for people like bringing that to the light is important because then it helps people understand how mediumship can work. Right. Right. Because I think people think, I mean, although in many ways it is free flow conversations between yeah. us and spirit and we you know, right. share what we get, but it's not as free flow sometimes as it is you and I right now having right. a conversation where it's like yes. question answer. Yes. And so it's just, it's, we're trying to explain a four five or 60 construct within mm-hmm. a 3d reality. And it's not quite yes. the same. It's not. Yeah. And even just the fact of, you know, I sometimes our human minds, right. Are trying to put it together. So in the case of the father that I passed the message about this very specific song, you know, my natural instinct was to try and puzzle piece it together. Yes. So I said, well, he's showing me, you know, himself in a car, like a Camaro, which actually aligns with the time period of that song. I didn't get that at that time, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm just writing it all down and I'm like, and this is the song. Okay. So it probably means that today he's going to move the radio dial for you a little bit. You know, he'll come in with some kind of music to show you mm-hmm. not realizing necessarily that it had already been in his father's head for yeah. two weeks. Yeah. And I think that's something that I didn't understand about mediumship mm-hmm. when all this started to happen is that we're really just, we're getting a lot of impressions, right? A lot of information. And sometimes our, our human brains want to help put it together. And I have Brain to stop myself. To fill it in. Yeah, right? totally. Absolutely. And that's, yeah. that's a big piece of the learning for sure. Yes. It's not filling in the blanks and being okay yes. with saying, I don't know. Like, this right. is what I get. I, I don't know what it means or I don't get anything else. Right. Right. Because I can imagine yeah. too, you're sitting there with parents and you want to help them feel better oh and you want God. to fill in those blanks, but yes. there's a real uh, strength or willpower, maybe yep. we could say, in staying strict to what you're getting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and I think I had to learn that because of course, being an analytical person, being very scientific, it's hard for me you know, I have to have all of this empirical like proof, like show mm-hmm. me that this is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember even talking with a grieving parent. I, in the beginning, I worked with a lot of grieving parent groups uh, because I knew that their kids were passing messages to me. Um, and then I got to know their kids, which was pretty amazing too. And this is mm-hmm. sort of a side note because what, you know, we've just had this horrible tragedy, right. In Texas. And uh, I just recently shared that, you know, what I have learned on my end is that in some of these cases, when those children pass, you know, they don't recognize anybody right on the other side because their grandparents and their parents are still in your human bodies. Mm-hmm. And so other children help them cross too. Mm-hmm. And people don't, you know, don't know that, but not how now those kids come mm-hmm. in and they talk to me and, I, and if I'm helping to a child cross or I'm helping someone cross, they're there too. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. That piece Beautiful. Of it. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of learning. It was a lot of learning for me and to try and figure out how to do this and to not pass, you know, something where I'm humanly just putting it together. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about a particular mom who uh, the child was showing me uh, who died of a miscarriage. Um, the child was showing me a pink room with pink blinds. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, the, this is what I'm seeing and I don't know what it means. I'm sorry. You know, I just, this, mm-hmm. I'll just let you know. And she was like, well, I don't know what that means either. And I'm sure she walked away thinking, well, I didn't really get a lot from that. Yeah. Six months later, 
she sent me an email and said, I can't thank you enough. I didn't even think I could get pregnant again. And, you know, I learned that we're having a girl, like I'm pregnant and it's a girl. And so my son was trying to show me that there was a little girl coming and that was the pink room with the pink one. So, you know, it, yeah. So yeah, Yeah. I try and just share whatever I see. And I also try to protect them, you know, the parents Mm -hmm. um, from details that they don't. That's not going to benefit them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, this is fantastic. I sure appreciate you sharing just a, you know, a little window into your world and how it, how it came about and how it is for you. I admire the work that you're doing. um, And I definitely encourage people that are listening to this to reach out to you if they're looking for this type of help. And so we'll put all the links to you, um, the, the, nonprofit organization as well below so people yes. can connect in and also definitely will promote your book which is coming out September 2022 yes, thank correct you. thank you yes and where is that going to be available kind of everywhere Amazon everywhere yeah. yeah from what I understand it'll be everywhere so it's on pre-order or it's available for pre-order on Amazon Barnes okay. and Noble um on my website kirstenhathcock.com okay. um I did want to mention really quickly because I don't think I said this with the National Institute for Law and Justice our mission and plan because we literally just got our 501c3 which is our tax ed- exempt status mm-hmm. in like six weeks which wow. normally it takes like yeah. six months yeah That's right. yeah wow. so we were really excited uh, but we our goal is to raise enough money where families don't have to put anything out you know, this is not coming out of their pocket. We mm-hmm. are going to be, that's the hardest thing about some of these cases. They go to cold case so quickly that, you know, it's coming out of their pocket to hire a private investigator. Mm-hmm. So our organization will not be charging families to then that's further beautiful. look into it. Yeah. And we have a worldwide network of investigators already coming on board. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So one last little thing here yes. is your book again is called Little Voices how kids in spirit helped a reluctant medium escape and heal from abuse. Yes. So definitely to everybody, check that out, pre-order if you wish. And uh, Kirsten, I have to thank you again so much for sharing all of this on the show. It, it's just a wealth of information and yes. I'm grateful to make this connection with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to know you and I cannot uh-huh. wait to dive into more of what you've already put out there and, and yeah. to watch everything else that's coming. So we'll keep, definitely keep in touch. I'd love yeah. To keep in- for sure. Okay. And thank to everyone, so to everyone watching and listening, thank you guys so much for joining. Do check out avalonspirit.com if you are looking to expand your consciousness. And uh, I will see you guys again next week.